Welcome into Pod That, Two Brothers Talking Sports, brought to you by the Sports on Tap, the Internet's pub. I got me, myself, George. And it's me, Sammy. And we're just two brothers talking sports. This has been brought to you by the Sports on Tap. Before we get started, Sammy, what is this? The Internet's pub. Cheers. Cheers. Happy Monday night, George. <laughs> happy Monday night, Sammy. That's a nice greeting, man. Didn't know, didn't expect the happy Monday night from you, but it is a happy Monday night. Most people don't don't consider Mondays like happy Monday night type of day, right? It's, not, it's usually like happy Friday, happy Hump Day, you know, happy. Saturday. I don't mind my, I don't mind Mondays. I don't mind Monday nights. I actually like Monday nights, September, October, November, and December. If Monday nights are great. Happy Monday night football to you. We're gonna be saying that, man. There's only like I think eight more weeks, ten more weeks until NFL Sunday. I don't know if that was intentional, but as George knows, our first topic today is gonna be about Monday night football, and. That was a, a great way to transition into it. Before we talk some NBA final stuff, because of course, you know, we're gonna talk some NBA finals in Space Jam, just like the the classic, you know, it's what's happening in the world right now. But we actually did have some football news with the Manning brothers. So not only was it good football news, it's also brother news. And as everyone knows, this is a brothers podcast. So ESPN two is going to be streaming uh broadcast, not streaming, whatever, playing a broadcast with Eli and Peyton Manning being the broadcasters at the same time as they have their main crew on ESPN2. I think 10 games out of the year instead of the whole 16, but it's 10 games out of the year. Awesome, awesome story, but also I don't find it to be the best idea to compete against their main crew. Well, I mean, I guess, yeah, they're going to be competing against their main crew, but at the end of the day, ratings is all that matters, right? I mean, they're making money either way. I guess I, I was trying to think about this more, right? I mean, I am going to want to tune into the ESPN2 broadcast of the Manning Brothers because I think it's interesting. It sounds really cool. But do we know for sure are Eli and Peyton going to be good at broadcasting? I would guess yes. I think it's going to be highly entertaining. They're going to be fun, but we've never seen them like broadcast a game together, so maybe that's why they're – doing this now competing against their main crew with the thought process that, Hey, let's see how good they are. Let's see if they get good ratings. Let's see if they're actually any fucking good. And if they are, we slowly transition them into becoming the main crew next year or the year after, or whenever that might be, or, you know, yes, I think the football, you know, who knows? Is it gonna, I think it's going to go to Monday night football on ABC at some point again, if I remember correctly, maybe they transition when they do that. Maybe it's just like practice for the big dance. Yeah, I don't know. Because they just started a new crew with Lewis Riddick. Um, who else was it? Uh, Levy and... Uh, and Brian Greasy, who beat Peyton Manning in its Super Bowl. So that must be kind of cool. Like, hey, Peyton, I know you beat me in a Super Bowl, but I'm the A crew. You're the B crew on Monday Night Football. You said he beat Payne Manning. You mean Payne Manning beat him? I mean, he beat him. Sorry, beat, yeah, yeah, but he's beat. Yeah, yeah but Payton, I said okay, that. Totally yeah, wrong. I get Payton the point. Manning you just said him. it wrong. Yes. Yeah, Payne Manning, Manning said it wrong. But, yeah, that doesn't matter because Payne Manning hasn't been a broadcaster, and Greasy has, so that doesn't matter. But I don't think they're actually. I, I, they could be, but it'd be kind of a dumb move to start a new crew on ESPN One this year. If you're trying to prep these guys to be the new crew, they would just start Peyton and Eli. It doesn't even matter how. This is, this if, is year two with the new crew. 
No, I think it's year one. We were reading it before the podcast. Yeah, that, that was September 2020 when, when that was released. That was like released before football season last year, not this year. Really? Well, then why? Yeah. Booker was on the was on there last year, I thought. I think it was a year before. I don't really remember Booger last year. I think that was like two years. Man, COVID kind of messed everything up. I don't really have a good timeline on what things are anymore. So so I don't really know. Pre-COVID, post-COVID, no matter what. Well, I mean, I guess I'm with you. I think it's stupid too. I was just kind of going through what might be their train of thought. Yeah, I, I think the, you know, I don't know. I think that unless... Peyton and Eli were like, we'll never do it until this year they decided. I think it's just crazy that they would put those other guys on ESPN one and then have them competing with ESPN two, your own broadcast network where you're paying those other guys to be the A team. Mm-hmm. And you have the Eli and Peyton Manning. Like and now we're not just talking about like uh, you know, Tony Romo obviously worked out great, and you've had some that failed, like Jason Witten, and you've had, you know, there's been on and offs. Jason Witten, man. I mean, that I I didn't even know like you could be get so much visceral for being a broadcaster. Like we, everyone's like, oh, he's so awful. He's the worst. Like I don't, I don't know. I guess he was, but yeah, I don't know. But the point was, is that these guys you kind of know are good. There's no like, uh, how do we know they're good? Because <laughs> we know, we know Peyton Manning has a good history of being like on TV and speaking. Mm-hmm. And people, I mean, CBS was. What do you mean? How do we know? Like CBS was ready to well, pay him Tony Romo money before. Hold on, he was ready to pay him Tony Mo- Romo money before he. Uh, he's obviously auditioned for these things. I mean, like it's not like they just. Uh, it's not like they just like guess they're gonna be good. We know they're good. Like that's why they're putting Eli and Peyton Peyton on. That's why he, Peyton's gone. I think offers up to like 15 million a year by CBS to like join Romo and different things. They're good. Like they're entertainers. It doesn't, I'm not saying they're going to be like the Joe Buck of announcing games. We know they're good entertainers. So at the end of the day, it's, it's not like it's going to, it's not like a, I don't think ESPN is doing this like, Oh man, like hopefully they, they, hopefully they're not, you know, embarrassing for us. Right. I mean, I think they're good. Uh, sure. Yeah, we know they're good. We know Eli. We know Peyton has been on Saturday night. Like, we know they're funny. We know they're funny brothers. I just don't know. I have no idea if they're good yet or if we're going to lie. We have Jason Witten auditioned for these things too, right? Like, we have yeah. Monday Night Football with Jason Witten. They're like, oh, Jason Witten's going to be good. He, he, Jason Witten, by the way, I was thinking about this the other day. The guy retires from football, right? They get He got offered to be the Monday Night Football guy, and he got offered to be the head coach at the University of Tennessee. And then he failed that Monday Night Football, went right back into the NFL, now plays for the Raiders. I don't know. Did he retire after last season? I'm not sure. He played for the Raiders. Like, how do you go from, like, literally retirement to be like, all right, I should just fucking head coach Tennessee football? Yeah. I don't know. This is interesting. The broadcasting game is interesting, too, because, um, like, at the end of the day, too, like, I think all these athletes are just getting the opportunities now. And it's, it seems like it's pretty impossible as like a non-athlete to get yeah. the opportunity. And it's just like anybody that's slightly famous or funny is just, that was formerly an athlete's getting the job. So like you said, who knows if they're actually good, who knows if it's the right move or not, but it works. That's part of like the marketing of, I don't know, of sports business, everything, mm-hmm. right? Like, well, Peyton and Eli are going to get eyes on, even if they're not that great, we're going to get a lot of viewership. Yeah, oh, dude, but I'm excited with for it. Like, I think they're going to be fantastic, personally. I'm with you. I think it's going to be fun. They're two brothers talking sports or talking football. 
I, I, they can't use the talking sports name because that's what we do. And <laughs> they, you know, I, I, I'd love to have a, you know, this is a shout out. If anyone got connection, listening to this podcast to Eli and Peyton, you know, hit us up, get them on the pod. It is pretty awesome that they are brothers doing this too, because I expect in knowing the Manning family, like from TV and whatever other media stuff they've done. Right. And just like online and all this, I think there's going to be some good friendly banter back and forth. And it's going to be kind of this, like, I think they're going to make it known, not that people wouldn't know, but I think there's going to be like an emphasis on the fact that they are brothers and competitors. And like, it's, it's going to be a fun, maybe even like family type of broadcast, right? Like for, like for the, for people in their, you know, in their teens, like that's going to be a fun broadcast to watch. That's probably going to be a little, even though they're, they know so much about football. I feel like it could be a little less technical. They're going to try to make it more fun. Is it my opinion? I think so, I think so too. I, I could totally yeah. see that. I think they could have fun with it, joke a bit, kind of like uh, the Como brothers, whatever their names were during the pandemic. We were all watching them like banter live on TV. It's going to be a lot of fake banter too, probably. It's a football broadcast. There's not going to be like, you know, who knows what it's going to be like, but I think it's going to be fun. Although Tony Romo did do all those like predictions every like play, but he also found a way to make it what's the word like he got really technical for moments but he did it in fun ways where it didn't seem yeah. so serious compared to like chris collins where it's like the ace gets got pulled down the middle to the right lost the defender then the you know the slot did this and then it's kind of like if you're just a casual football fan you're kind of like actually even for me i'm more than a casual yeah fan. i get kind of like okay great you know all the technical terms like tony Rome would be like make it fun. It's technical, but he's like just making a guess on what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And he's so good at it that he knows it's actually going to happen. And it's happen. entertainment. It, he's like, it's yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh my, what was it when, when, when the, I think it was Browns versus Chiefs and they got that first, they almost got that first down on the fourth in like 27. Like, oh, 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 oh. Like, like Chris Collinworth would not do that. I mean, I, I don't think he had an orgasm, but like, I mean, that's close. I understand. The oh my God. He for. he basically did vote because on Twitter, I think if you type that in Tony Romo or people were saying he's orgasming on live TV. Oh, we'll leave it up to the clips. And uh, <laughs> if you do, if you do go to Google, there are some that say, uh, Tony Romo had an orgasm on live television. <laughs> not literally, but right. He wasn't like actually or having like a real uh, orgasm. Just to I hope clear, not. clarify. I hope not. That would be something. Could you imagine that? If an someone, orgasm of noises uh, from a football like if, play. Could you imagine that if someone did like in 2021, like that, the, the reaction would not be. George, George always so, finds yeah. a way as on the brothers podcast here. George always finds a way to take things a little too far. Let's we not too from, far. Yes, it is. Could you imagine a broadcaster orgasming on TV? In what world would Troy Aikman be in the booth jerking off? I don't know. I mean, Louis C.K. It's not even, I don't know. It's not even, like, that's why I mean too far. Like, it's funny, like, oh, Tony Romo orgasmed, right? Like, because he was having fun with the play. And then you took it too far with. Imagine if that actually happened. Like, in what world would that happen? I don't know what world that would happen. If it did, people would freak out. That's all I'm saying. People would freak out. Yeah, I, I people would freak out if I went and jerked off in the middle of a mall as well. Oh, uh, you know, you'd probably just get arrested. Yeah, and freak out. And so <laughs> would so would I'm sure you'd get arrested and fired if you jerked off on live television. Well, which with the amount of people probably the even worse. people at malls these days, Sammy, no one would see you. That's that's not true. If one person saw me, I'd get arrested. So true. Unfortunately, as dead as malls are, it's not true. Are you gonna watch the you're going to watch the Payne Manning broadcast over the regular, correct? 
I think so. I mean, most likely, yeah. I mean, unless it's god awful or unless I forget. That's one thing, right? Like you turn on ESPN regular, you sometimes will be like, oh, wait, I forgot it was on ESPN too. Interesting. Yeah, that's fair. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how good it is. I'm sure it'll be good. I think so too. Well, that was our icebreaker. We never really said it was an icebreaker, but that's how we start the pods. Yeah, an icebreaker. Speaking of good, Sammy, though, speaking of good, game five of NBA finals was fucking good. It was good. Um, I don't know how fucking good it was, but I think it's pretty good. I mean, I, no, would say, I, mean, I think I said it during the broadcast, right? I, we were watching the game. I said, I've never seen two teams shoot the ball so good and so much good offense being played. Like basketball, it was fantastically good basketball. Yeah, it was. Um, I think it was like actual. And it was good basketball because it wasn't just like a berate of threes or a berate mm-hmm. of bad defense or a berate of like, I don't know, just some. It wasn't like this uncanny thing we've never seen before. It was just like people making crazy shots and good yeah. shots, though, like crazy good shots, right? Like, you know, a lot of mid range driving to the hole, good team basketball. And despite the Suns losing in, you know, you might in this their third game in a row you might think they played really bad like they didn't they were up 16 at some point they actually played one of the best games they've probably played in a long time but it just happened that like they were playing at a 95 percent clip and the bucks were playing at what a goddamn 99 i don't know if the bucks will ever have that good of a game ever again Uh, in the second half at least I think me and you, I was telling you at one point, the Bucks in the third quarter, I forget the exact number, but I want to say 17 of 20 from the field or 18 for 20 from the field. It was pretty insane. They were like 90% like in the third quarter. Yeah. So definitely, definitely, definitely like absolute on fire. Like it was like NBA jam on fire type of stuff, man. I, I, I'd never seen an offense like that. I mean, Chris Middleton was making sh- every single shot. Drew Holiday, every single shot. Giannis was making free throws. Like it, it was just a barrage. And you know what? The Suns were hot too. I think the Suns shot over 50% from the field the whole entire game too. It's just a buck shot like 58. Yeah, it, that's what I'm saying. It's pretty intense out. It's crazy. It was just good basketball all around. And I mean, like, we had not only I think Devin Booker had back-to-back 40-point games and losses, which has never happened in the NBA Finals. Chris Paul actually ended up showing up in the fourth quarter despite being kind of bad for a couple games of the series. Middleton, Giannis, Drew Holiday, like every single mm-hmm. player was just like playing out of their mind. And I think Bridges was like four for four from three for the Suns and like shot 100%. And there was just like it was an unbelievable amount of shots made with good defense too. It wasn't right. like remember every every Shots shot contested. No, we contested. would every shot we'd be like, wow, what good defense, but what a better shot. Every like it wasn't just like it wasn't like, you know, Damian Lillard or Steph Curry guarding guys like no offense to those guys, but we know what their defense is like, right? Like just getting blown by. Not good. It, yeah, it was like <laughs> hard-nosed people really giving full effort on defense and I don't know. It, it's and it's just crazy. Like I said when the Suns are up 16 and the Bucks do what they did to win it's got to tell you how good both teams were shooting right yeah i mean absolutely on fire man like that's the one thing with it but you mentioned a guy chris paul i, I did want to say something about chris paul sammy yeah I, I had a stat i have a stat for you today came prepared can you believe that i like stats all right yes if 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 this is a big if 
the Suns lose game six or seven, either one of them. Chris Paul is on verge of becoming the first player to lose four. That's one, two, three, four for those kids counting at home. Best of seven series in which his team led two to zero in the series. The only other player with, a, with three is Blake Griffin. Yes. His teammate, his former, of course, obviously. His, yeah, former, his former teammate. And There's one literally no other answer that would have made sense. So. Well, I mean, Blake Griffin only had two going into this postseason. He just had his third one with the uh, Nets. So, but no, great, great guess. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's not a Chris Paul problem, I think, personally. I think it's tough because despite how good Chris Paul is, I think we kind of know that somebody that plays the way he plays is like there's a reason he's called the point god. You don't win championships if just the point god is like running the team, right? Mm-hmm. That's why having James Harden was almost successful for him. That's why having Devin Booker has almost been successful mm-hmm. for him to win a championship. I think as a point guard in a lot of those series, remember we're talking about with Blake Griffin. If Blake Griffin's your number two, you're not winning a championship, right? It's hard right. to as, especially as a point guard and Chris Paul, isn't it really hard to? It's hard to get wins from teams that when like you don't have a shooter next to you or like as, as a point guard. And so I don't think this completely falls on Chris Paul. It falls on the fact that he is a small point guard mm-hmm. that um, gets gets hurt a lot because he's small. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think it's an indictment on like his type of play. I think it's more just like the reality of being a small point guard and. You're, it's really not ideal in 2021 or even back in 2016 to be the number one guy on a team where you're 5'11 and you have no shooters around you and you know you're you get hurt a lot. Like it's it's that's why I mean it's like not an indictment on his game, but it's more an indictment on like just being a small point guard, right? It's hard to win champ. It's hard to like close out series and win championships mm-hmm. unless you're you know, surrounded by the perfect pieces. The reason Steph Curry's career has become phenomenal is not just because he's phenomenal. It's because he's also had Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant, and he can be sometimes the knockdown shooter he is, and sometimes he can be, he can defer, and he's you've seen him do it. And so it's tough for Chris Paul. I think the guys had a really unfortunate career in some ways. Yeah, I, I mean, the, when you were saying all that, I was like, I don't know why I put my head to this. I was like, if I was to name... Like find an NBA player and I don't want to do this exercise right now and then like put a book series to his name. And Chris Paul is very simple. It's the series of unfortunate events. <laughs> very simple. That's Chris Paul's yeah. career, the series of unfortunate events. And you know what? I do give him some blame for it too. Like I'm not going to sit here and just say he's like completely innocent. But if I was like to put on a scale, right, like his uh, percentage of ownership in the his team's blowing 2-0 leads, I'd put him at like 10% and his teammates at 90% rather than him 90% and his teammates 10%. Yeah, and this series would probably be the one that leans on him the most. Um, well, it's, it, he looks injured too, so I don't like. I'm can't. I mean, you know that news dump is going to come out like after the NBA Finals, like oh, Chris Paul is going to have surgery on his blank, blank, blank. Yeah, but I mean, because he, he, we knew he was actually hurt. We knew he was hurt on his shoulder yeah. and his wrist already. So it's not even like a super, it's not like LeBron, like I have a broken hand type of situation, right? right. It's like kind of like a known thing. Uh, I think the reason though this year is a little less on him, despite if, or a little more on him compared to other years, is like I think this is the first time he has the right complement of people around him and he's kind of playing worse. Like when you're in a series, like I said, with Blake Griffin as a point guard, 
if you're not playing your best and you're deferring to Blake Griffin to be the number one guy for a game, like that's not going to win you series. And we've seen James Harden choke in the playoffs, despite like, I don't think it's been as bad as people make of it. But if you're your number one guy, that you, doesn't you work. Get to, and I think yeah. that's why like he's not getting, I mean, he is getting blame here, but also he's like the kind of one B guy here. And Booker's played fantastically in this series. I actually think right now the series three, two Milwaukee, I think we might be at a four, one already series over if Chris Paul was healthy and playing well. Yeah. I mean, if he played better, just one of those games, they should be up three, one. Right. But he had a lot I, of duds yeah. for a couple of games in a row. And I think I so think, too. It's unfortunate. It's just tough. Yeah, and he 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 has some blame this time more than usual, but you know what? At least this time he made it to the finals without getting hurt. He, mm-hmm. you know, this is more in his control if he's not playing good. He's out there. So if he's healthy enough to be out there, you got to play good. And you know, like you said, there's other stuff that weren't his problem. It's not his problem that the NBA vetoed a trade to the Lakers to play with Kobe. It's not his right. fault that James oh Harden God. was his. I forgot about guy. that part. That, that's <laughs> that would be like the cover of the series of unfortunate events. Chris Paul's that one's just bullshit. That's just bullshit, man. He got yeah. screwed over by that one. Um, here's the thing, man. Like Chris Paul was like that guy. I've changed my mind. Like I've loved Chris Paul. I've hated Chris Paul. I've loved Chris Paul. And now I'm mad at Chris Paul, but I still kind of love Chris Paul. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think it's too much hate and too much love on both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. Like people who love Chris Paul are like, you don't understand basketball, man. Chris Paul, point God. And then people who hate Chris Paul are like, he's a dirty motherfucker. <laughs> you know, like, there's no in between. And I think I'm starting to fall somewhere in between. I think he's a great player. He has some surly moments, but – that's fine. He has some dirty moments. I don't like those dirty moments, but the great outweighs the bad. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's just the reality with him. It's same shit with like his push, right? Everyone got all angry about the push, even though remember Giannis shoved Devin Booker on the one yeah. that didn't count. It's the same exact way. I mean, like I actually, you know, I had wrote that down today as a, as something I was going to do a video on because, you know, I'm like a really big uh, Chris Paul guy. And I hate all this hate he was getting because I think as a small guy shoving a big guy, I know it can cause injury. I'm not saying it's right, but I think it gives you a little more like the little guy always gets a little more leeway. Like, so you're saying if you're little, you're allowed to be a dick. Yeah, because he (laughs) kind of have. We've seen it before. We've seen the Isaiah Thomases of the world, and we've seen. I'm not going to agree with you, but I like the concepts because I'm short. Allen Iverson, like. Everyone thinks Steph Curry's humble. He's actually a cocky motherfucker, but he's little, so everyone thinks it's okay. I'm just saying there's there's a tendency of being little makes like and like it's ho- so much less dangerous. Like Chris Paul shoving Giannis, like he the fact that Giannis didn't fall from that shows like how just the body size different. But True. Giannis did the same thing to Devin Booker on that play that didn't count. He shoved him in the chest, and no one really cared because. Because same thing with the Chris Paul one, nobody got hurt and no one landed wrong. Yeah, so true. there's there's a lot to all I'll, this. And- I'll tell you why people are pointing to the Chris Paul one and not to the Giannis one as much. If you're interested, why? Um, Giannis um, overall history of being a really really good guy, clean player, guy that's never really been you know known to take cheap, cheap shots at anyone. Like that's not kind of like what's been in his mo. Whether uh, in general, right? And then you have Chris Paul, whose MO has been dirty player. His MO has been kind of takes cheap shots. His, he has been kind of known as an asshole. So, yeah. So you have like, at the end of the day, it's like 
checks and balances in life, right? Like Sammy, if you if you did something to someone, overall you're a good guy. They're gonna be like, oh, Sammy made a mistake. Good guy. Yeah. If you did the same thing over and over again, like that, that guy's kind of a dick. <laughs> so that's why Chris Paul got. It. I'm just surprised Giannis did. Like if it was LeBron James, he probably would have fell right into where LeBron James was sitting. He would have rolled over three times and sold it better. And Giannis probably should have sold it better. Yeah, and there's a different timing of the game. That was in the first <laughs> quarter. It ended up being a foul at half court, so we all kind of forgot about it. Now, this obviously is a big part of the whole topic of the game, but also the Giannis one was the game stealing like points. Mm-hmm. It's like a moment that's now stuck in people's heads because if you go from the angle of Chris Paul, it's Chris Paul shoving Giannis two hand, Giannis having an and one dunk with LeBron James sitting in sunglasses and a bottle of Lobos, his tequila brand. And it's like this picture moment of just like Chris Paul shoving a guy while he's still getting an and one to blow a two Oh lead. Now it's three, two in the finals and he's dunking on him on his, on this alley-oop. His friend LeBron's there in his sunglasses courtside, which we've never seen in an NBA game before him at a finals. Cause He's either usually in it or, you know, has well, no dog in the race. As Giannis, said, as Giannis said, this is weird. As I'm watching LeBron at the NBA Finals and for the first time, he's not actually yeah. playing. Yeah, and uh, we'll get to that in a second. But and that's why it's kind of crazy because you have this like moment of like CP3 and then the next coming of Giannis and then you got the LeBron, like the older guy now and he has a bottle of tequila like he has no rules and Adele and Rich Paul are like dating on the sideline and they're there. And Adele, it's there's insanity. a picture of Adele, like kind of almost like covering her face. Like, I don't know if she thought the ball was going to like come all the way. I mean, I mean, don't blame her. She's from England. She doesn't go to many NBA games, yeah, but like, yeah, she didn't know where the ball was going. Yeah. But um, that, I mean, geez, man, I mean, you could kind of say some people might say, and I think it'd be corny. Because the picture of LeBron and Giannis was a passing the torch moment. I don't know if it really was. It sounds kind of cool to say. It's the passing of a torch moment with the dunk. And you see LeBron just drinking tequila and the Greek freak dunking the ball. Like, yeah, it's it's going to be an iconic picture in NBA history, though. In yeah, general. I don't think Whether, it's a passing the torch neither, moment. Neither it, do I. It could neither. be. It's a like generational moment, maybe. Like, you have... Chris Paul probably playing in the only finals of his career and, you know, last couple of years of his career with Giannis, who's like the next coming of generations and LeBron, who like is not in the finals for only the second time in 11 years. Right. Yeah. And it kind of, it actually makes sense though. Like, let's think about this just in an like altruistic point of view. And I don't even know what altruistic means, but it sounded like a really good word. Ultra realistic. I don't know, man. It just sounded like a good word to throw on the pod. Don't judge. The (laughs) The thing is Sammy, like this is 2021. This would like this is what makes this era so cool, right? Like I talked about this on the Just Talk Pod, and it was like, look, in general, we didn't have this in the 1990s, in the 1980s, in the 1970s. Like we have the best player of this generation in LeBron James at an NBA Finals game, wearing sunglasses. In my opinion, being there to a uh, hub uh, promote Space Jam release. And you have Chris, his agent next to him, who's dating the biggest musician maybe in the of our generation in Adele. And you have Giannis from Greek, like dunking over everything, pictures all over, people on Twitter like, what the fuck, Adele's at the game, Giannis just did this, LeBron's drinking tequila, I forgot to even mention that. Like, you have so many things going on. Welcome to 2021, man. It's so damn cool. Like, people think NBA Twitter can be bad or Twitter's bad. Twitter's awesome, man. You know how 
how fun this is? Like, this is what makes sports fun. It's entertainment. LeBron, LeBron, I think someone asked LeBron, like, why he had a bottle of tequila underneath his chair. And he's like, because I wanted to drink tequila. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no shit, yeah. man. LeBron's one of us, man. I mean, he's, I mean, that's, that's a kind of, right? Like, bring your own tequila to the party. That's kind of cool, in my opinion. I think it's fine. I mean, like, it just sucks because, like, the common person is really not allowed to do that. But LeBron's but, not the common person. Like, I know. I, I'm know. just saying, like, as a common person, it's kind of BS. Because it's like, I would love to save, like, a fucking $100 and bring a whole bottle of tequila with me to a game. A lot of people do in flasks, Sammy. Maybe not a whole bottle, but you, you'll probably sneak in a flask. Don't worry. I'll help you next True. time. But, no, if you're courtside and you're drinking a flask, most people would probably, they would probably be kicked out. If you're sitting it. courtside, you probably do, aren't thinking about like the cost of tequila at a courtside. True. Well, obviously, we're, LeBron didn't care about the cost, but it, it was probably to get eyes on his tequila. Yeah, which, which I didn't even know about until you told me, like, oh, that's his tequila brand. I didn't even know he had a tequila brand. Good tequila. Do you know the pricing? Is it something I should try? I, I don't know. I haven't tried. Yeah, I've been, okay, I didn't know if you did any research on it. Like, what are people saying about Lobo's tequila? I like, I like the name too. The bottle looked kind of cool. LeBron's like outfit kind of matched the bottle as well in a weird way. Yeah, I mean, I'm just really shocked that you don't know about the this tequila. No, I didn't. I, mean, like, I didn't know. A, there's been there's a lot of uh, like it's like Maverick Carter and him, and it's a tequila and mezcal company. So like I. Just shocked you haven't heard. I feel like it, this is really old news. Like this is like from yeah, a I didn't know ago. about. Yeah, I really didn't know about it. Unfortunately, I don't know where the hell I was. You know, I like my mezcal. So yeah, they have a Lobos mezcal for like sixty dollars, and they have some bad. bottles that go up to hundred and fifty. So like, it's not completely cheap, but we, we will we will try the Lobos mezcal. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, thanks, LeBron, for bringing thanks, new mezcal into my life. Well. Speaking of Mescal, Sammy, do you got anything to say about the NBA Finals anymore? I, who do you think? I, like, I guess we should probably game six tomorrow. I don't know. Yeah, you've lost me. Can I just like, pause you for a second? Like, I yeah. don't know. I, I know you're my brother. I usually understand what's going on. Like, you just lost me so hard. You said, speaking of Mescal, is there anything about the NBA Finals? Why? No, no. Those, well, co- co- anything else about the NBA Finals, or do you want me to move on to where you can drink, where we can be drinking Mescal next year at a Pistons game? Uh oh, that's regard. I guarantee you they're not gonna be serving Mescal at the Pistons game, so you can move forward to that though. <laughs> well, not, don't don't serve, they don't sell Mescal at arenas, but let's just let's, let's well it's a courtside that. club. So Little yeah. Caesars Arena, the Detroit Pistons uh arena. I think is that downtown now, the Little Caesars? I know their old one used to be way far out I of think the it's city. Downtown. Yeah, I think it's now downtown is opening up like basically like a I wouldn't say complete nightclub, but like a lounge right behind the basket. Um, you can look up pictures online. We'll probably post it uh, on, on the podcast, like uh, article. But th- it's like literally right behind. There's like, what, five rows of chairs, then a club behind. And they have a bar, lounge chairs where you can watch the game in style. That's what I'm saying. It might serve Mescal because it's kind of a high-end thing i don't think it's like you i don't think it's like uh mb like uh Mar- seattle mariners beer garden where we can just walk in i think you need like special tickets for that so they're gonna have a club basically so because pistons basketball is so bad while Cade Cun- but they do ha- do have the first pick but as Cade cunningham takes time to develop and you're tired of watching the pistons lose you can go drink at the club 
the club's a dumb idea because it's literally like on it's literally courtside. So like <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like baseball games, but baseball games it makes more sense to have like a beer garden. Mm-hmm. It's a little more out in the distance. It's not like intrusive to the game. Do you know what I mean? But like Absolutely. The way this one looks, which if you guys like, if you're listening just on the podcast, you can Google it, the Pistons Courtside Club, yeah. and you'll see. Yeah. It's Little like, Caesars Arena. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But if you, I'm sure if you type in Pistons Courtside Club, the same thing will happen. I'm just <laughs> like, kidding. People. Little, little Caesars Arena. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's it's a Little Caesars Arena. I know. I just went that long. I just didn't understand where the, that was necessary. Uh, I think that, like, at the end of the day, it's a little too close to the court and like shooting free throws. It's like a club on the floor. Like it's, I would say it looks like they put some space at the baseline and there's like four or five rows. And then there's this club, but like that's, it's like really open. Like the ball could roll into the club. If it was like slapped out of bounds or like somebody shoots a half court shot, it can like smash into the bar. All right. I understand you don't like the idea, but would you want to go to this? If you're at a Pistons game? Yes. So you can simultaneously hate an idea, but also want to be part of the idea. You know, I, I think it's a bad idea for the, like for basketball purposes. Not for Okay. But you think it's a good idea for entertainment purposes. Yeah. It's fucking cool, okay. but it's like yeah, right. dumb for, right. it's dumb for like somebody shooting a free throw and there's a club behind, in front of their eyes or like, you know, you shoot a half court shot and there's this club on court side. That's why I think it's cool when they do it. Like I know Phoenix Suns arena or now it's mm-hmm. footprint. Uh, center, or whatever. Arena, just like I did a little yeah. Caesar's. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I got the, the joke. You got the joke. I know all the sponsorships. I know all the sponsorships. I'm your guy for sponsors. Well, actually, I said it and then you repeated it, but that's fair. That's fair. Uh, they have it on the second floor. So it's like at the, like, it's like in the 200 level. So it's kind of like in the corner, out of the way, but it's still like a beer garden thing. It's not on the court. And this one's like almost on the court. I'm sure maybe the renderings or whatever the hell it is, is like a little different than what it's actually going to look like too, that you can never really. It it looks really good right now. I bet you it doesn't look as fucking cool. Once it's done and built, when you put a damn club right behind the basket, same shit goes for like the Jaguars pool and like the diamondbacks pool, right? Or it looks really cool. by Or live. Or live at uh, Miami Dolphins Stadium, like I don't, or at the Hard Rock, uh, whatever it's called. Or oh, they have Encore at Elijah Field. I'm just trying to remember every single sponsor I can right now for you. Yeah, it's it is a dumb idea though, like to have these over the top things. I I agree with you there. Um, you imagine if they put a strip club in the Brooklyn Nets arena, James Harden, like check check himself out of the game every little bit. Like I'll be back. I hate to tell you though that like you could have landed that joke much better if you like said like in Atlanta, it wouldn't happen in Brooklyn. So just, I I know, just that, well, yes, but the point is James Harden plays for Brooklyn. This is where sometimes I'm just like, how's this guy just take things too far? Imagine if they put a strip club in the arena. Where in the world would somebody ever put a strip club in an arena? They put a strip club right next to T-Mobile Park in Seattle. Where no, actually they put T-Mobile Park next to a strip club. Sorry. I no, it was the opposite way, man. That strip club was opened after Safeco, now T-Mobile. And How much you want to bet? I don't because I have no idea. I was I have say, no that, idea. that was an older area before the stadium. What was it Dream Girls and Soda? Yeah, what, what year did it open? 
That's this next door, anyways. It's next door, which is horrible. There's so many kids like walking around and like. It's not that next door. I, oh, you, you know. can't, you can't miss it, George. I, you, you, come on, you can't, you <laughs> can't miss it. 2010. Yes, you can uh, miss it. It's on okay, one so, corner. Uh, Sammy, on come on, side. Sammy, come on. It, it just no. opened after two. It did, but that doesn't matter. I'm saying it's not like you can't see it from the stadium. So it's not from the stadium, but a lot of parkings over there, and you know, for the kids. It's kind of weird, right? Like you take your kids to a baseball game. I can't with this guy today. There's not going to be a strip club at a stadium. So I like I like the idea, but if anything, that would be Atlanta too, not Brooklyn. You could right. like, it would it would be Atlanta. Atlanta. They'd be coming out of games, like whatever. All right, you know you like the idea. You know it'd be dope. No, that'd be <laughs> frustrating day for me today. For those on the pod, it's a frustrating day. George just went from saying that it's wrong that there was a strip club next to Safeco to saying it'd be dope to have one inside of an arena. So the most well, contradicting change, you... <laughs> statements I've ever seen in my life. Whatever, man. It's Monday night, man. It's Monday night. Happy Monday to you, too. <laughs> definitely, definitely contradicting. <laughs> definitely. Well, let's see. Maybe our next podcast on Friday. Well, we'll actually, it will definitely be. Our next one's going to be coming out Friday. It's going to be, there's going to be an NBA champ. Yeah, there will by Friday. Oh, yeah, there will be by Friday unless the world ends. So, yeah, unless there's like some long overtime that lasts into Friday morning on Thursday. Yeah, it's not cricket. Time. You know, <laughs> cricket cricket games can last up to like three days. So, but this I mean, cricket. technically, an NBA game could too if it just was the weirdest coincidence of all time. Like if it just was like <laughs> overtime seventy five, it actually is possible. I'm just saying. Oh no, no, it's totally possible. It'd be it would be the most insane thing ever. It would actually. It would probably take. Well, I'm guessing it would take 11 overtimes before the NBA is like, all right, guys, let's just let's just get some rest. We'll, we'll be back tomorrow. Yeah, the longest right now is six overtimes, 78 minutes, 70 years ago. Like that's not even that years. long. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying 11 overtimes. It take 11 overtimes before yeah. Adam Silver is like, all right, guys, like now what? Yeah, in six, like that's bad, but like not what 78 minutes. You get like if the game will end, end at 11. It wouldn't have been that bad. Yeah, actually, even eleven overtimes. It's just two game, two and a games in a like quarter and a half, fifty five extra minutes. It's a lot. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, but it's not full quarters. So true. But, you know, you know how it is. Well, I think that's all we got today, right? That's it. All right. I guess we'll be back Friday talking whoever's the NBA champ and some other shit and just enjoying life and maybe some strip clubs, maybe some who knows. What else? Who knows at that Arena point. names. <laughs> it better not. If it, it, well, we'll be back. We'll be recording probably, yeah, Friday. It won't be night, though, so I guess we won't be that bad. I could be, though. Who knows? You never know with you. Never know. Much love. Uh, we'll be back talking that NBA final stuff and whatever it may be. You can find us everywhere at PodDet and the Sports on Tap and the thesportsontap.com. George, this What's is the up, Sports on Tap. The Internet's pub. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>